I swear to God, it was just blew my mind of how bad it was. It was the, the inside the women's locker room where every woman they actually had like legit case. Yeah, I saw that. Why they shouldn't yeah. have it? Yeah, like, uh, like the um, uh, Nikki Ash said, "Hey, well, I'm also a tag team champion. Why am I not part of the team? Why am I, am I not yeah. part?" Contendership. Dewdrop was like, "Hey, Bianca, you just lost. Why are you in this? And I'm not. I'm been, I've been pretty dominant. And <laughs> everything's. And then uh, Adam Pierce was just like, "Well, we already made this decision, so and that's final. And that's it. We never got an explanation for it. We never. It's like, what was the point of the segment? Like, was, the point was, of the segment is like, hey, you, this booking doesn't really make sense. It's like, I, it sure doesn't, I suppose. But anyways, <laughs> this yeah. match is up next. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah." Woo! Oh, it, it made it was, it was uh, the, the wildest shit I've seen. Like I, it, it was, just like, it, it was, it was such that it made. It, again, I'm gonna be honest because I remember watching that and being like, "Okay, y'all just slapping us." Like I was <laughs> like, "Y'all just, y'all just, y'all, y'all are literally saying to us, you're gonna ask us this question on Twitter, and you're wrong for that. Shut up." It's <laughs> <laughs> like that's what it was. I was like, "All right, okay, I see what you're doing." And uh, we're not explaining anything. Stop asking this logical question. You're stupid, and continue watching the show. Gentlemen, we welcome you and our record glory to the greatest wrestling podcast in the world. This is Give Me the Book. My name is Mike Howley. With me, as always, the El Guapo of professional wrestling commentary and stand-up comedy, Satoyo. Guys, thank you once again for tuning in to Give Me the Book. Uh, we appreciate it, and we have another banger for you. Bangers just keep on coming. We never stop. We do not sleep. And most importantly, we care. That is mm-hmm. why we, we do what we do. I uh, I think the natural place to begin this week is where we left off last week. Last week, we had a live reaction episode. We went on air just as we found out about the releases. Um, uh, and uh, we had the, I think we had a good rate episode. I enjoyed it. But I think uh, we left some things unsaid. So I think we will begin with uh, those things. Where kind of, we kind of we can close out our reactions, our thoughts, now that we had a week to gather them and um i don't believe for one we didn't hear about the information that um the releases were due to the COVID. uh did we uh last week and i don't believe we talked no yeah no we didn't get that we we got the budget uh we got the budget reasons excuse from john laurinitis yeah and which which does complicate things just a little bit because and again, nobody knows. We don't know if the COVID thing is just like something put in the air as a distraction, right? We don't know, you know, the status of individual superstars you can imply, but um, that would explain it. Obviously, I believe, I know Vince, uh, or Vince is very old, the man is over 70, and um, I know he's lost his older brother due to COVID this year. Uh, Roman Reigns, you're uh, the head of the table and the guy who you put the most money into. And the guy who is paying could currently bring in the most money into your company. Um, he's an immunocompromised gentleman, and uh, 
you have to share a locker room with them. So I do think that complicates the releases a little bit. With that being said, especially when it comes to one specific man, uh, I actually want to do things a little bit differently. I want to begin with my match of the week. Uh, but just, you know, kind of switch it up on us. Um, and uh, the match, my match of the week that I recommend everybody watch for several reasons to be revealed in a few minutes is Survivor Series 2019 uh, when we had uh, Team Raw going up against Team SmackDown going against Team NXT. This was back when NXT just started airing live. So WWE put a lot of resource into them. They brought them up. They gave us a really good feud. And we had a really good five-on-five-on-five. Five five. Now, interestingly enough, I was 15 gentlemen. Two of them are no longer with WWE. Only two of them. And they're not the two that I think anybody would bet on being released. Um, because Chad Gable is still here. Uh, Ricochet is still here. Um, Matt Riddle is still here and is and is doing great. So is Walter. So is uh, Damian Priest. The two gentlemen are, of course, Braun Strowman, which is still kind of crazy. You know, <laughs> and it's kind of crazy how we all moved on, except that he's just been released by WWE. And, of course, Keith Lee, the man who was the fi- uh, the final survivor for the NXT, team NXT, the man who eliminated Seth Rollins in that match, and the man who went one-on-one with Roman Reigns for about six minutes before ultimately taking the L. Um, a lot of people thought that this was going to be his breakthrough. This was going to be his uh, kind of, hey, this is his first big appearance on the main roster. You know, he's currently NXT champ, but boy, once he goes back, and then gets on the main roster, we're going to put Jetpack on him, and he's going to main him at WrestleMania. That's what a lot of expect- people were expecting, and uh, obviously did not happen. So just rewatching that match um, for that purpose, kind of seeing you know Keith Lee as the potential breakout star that he should have been. Um, it just it, it's just a little bit crazy to kind of reflect on that. And also, again, it's a very very good match. Like just uh, again, all the fifteen uh, people kind of get their. Um, get their shed in, so to speak. Um, they look good. There's lots of cheers. Um, it's just, it just uh, really well well, uh, well put together, if you will. Yeah, a lot can happen in two years, and uh, that's, a, that's a prime example of it. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things, man. You know, of course, we've come to find out with Keith Lee that he had to pay all of his bills um, with the COVID thing, which is very disappointing, uh, quite frankly. Um, but also, like, shouldn't be too surprised this is the for, for we have to always remember that world wrestling entertainment is at the at the core is an entertainment company even more to the point even though they don't want to acknowledge it they're carny in nature right their origins are professional wrestling that is a carny business so uh in terms of what they do for their employees or what they do uh, on the whole you should not uh think that they're going to do things that are inherently good they've even gone on record stephanie mcmahon has and she says listen we use our our philanthropy as our marketing which most big companies do by the way right so they don't necessarily have to believe in any of the shit that they're doing they just understand that it's the socially acceptable thing to do which is why they pay for talents rehab at times and stuff like that it's not because they actually believe in the shit they may sit there and say well wwe is a family no it's not uh the keithley situation is a prime example of that uh, and I think for all those people, actually, at the core, the, the contracts either mean something or they don't. What we come to find is the contracts don't really mean anything. Um, they, at least they, they, they mean something one way. It's a one way relationship yes. as far as they yes. mean something. Because yes. if you if, if they sign a contract, they don't want you. They can release you in your time. But first of all, not only can you not work during the, anywhere during while you have the contract, 
You can't even work anywhere for 90 days for 90 after you days. got from the contract. Exactly. So, so the con- but, but, but guess what? You're an independent contractor. <laughs> right. Which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Sit there and lie and say that you're an independent contractor. So I think as we've come to learn more, I mean, again, the, for the people that have lost faith in the company, they are totally justified. My only response to you would be, why were you having faith for this long? You know, they gaming on you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you could appreciate the product that they put out when it's worth appreciating to be clear. Um, but then also be like, I mean, look, you, uh, fucking Linda McMahon worked under Trump. I mean, these aren't people that these aren't, they're not them dudes, you know, like these are not, these aren't, uh, solid human beings, you know, they're a business more to the point. So as a result, they're devoid of any decency. They're not bound by it. Um, which I think is what you see here and you will continue to see. I mean, look at the past two years, all the talent that has been released. So you're going to continue to see this in some form or fashion. Yeah. Just to, um, just to, again, uh, this is not a uh, just find the experience. I just, I don't think we should blame the ills of on capitalism on, uh, on WWE. They're the product of it. Not the, yeah, they're the product of it. Yeah. But they're, but they're yeah. not blocking it either, but by no means. Um, so yeah, so this is just something I wanted to, uh, to add. I think something that we left unsaid from the last time. Um, Again, hope everybody. Oh, and of course, yeah, just the fact that they make people move to, to different places, yeah. and you know, like you know, you sign somebody, you have a move, and and I'm assuming they probably didn't pay for the relocation cost. It just doesn't seem like something they would do. Um, just overall, man, I, I do hope they start at least kind of considering the human human side of it. And I sense about business, it's show business, right? Like ultimately, it's entertainment, business, entertainment. Conglomerates of all sizes have. Uh, a history of taking advantage of their talent and uh, and you know kind of just looking at them as hey you're here to create content and once you know you don't create content we don't really care about you um i do hope it gets a, just a little bit better but i'm not anticipating it yeah they value the talent that they believe has value mm-hmm. so they value the talent who they value as human beings or the talent they think has val- have value that's that's literally it you know, and I and again, that ain't I mean, that's not specific just to WWE. That's kind of like the capitalist model of how most things work, um, aside from like nepotism, of course. But, but uh, yeah. So, yeah. So the other reason why I wanted to start off with this match of the week is because Survivor Series is indeed upon us. And this is the, the frustrating thing about WWE that we always talk about here is that they can uh have a compelling build i mean i remember this 2019 survivor series i thought it was a very good one and i thought it was very compelling i enjoyed the, the whole nxt invasion thing i enjoyed i was looking forward to the match i enjoyed the way nxt was put over and you had all this fresh talent um you know going over all this established talent and even the the fallout i think raw pretty much lost everything on uh on that show and then the, the fallout that emerged from it was seth rollins uh coming out and turning heel and um uh, you know, we had kind of repercussions. It, it mattered. The point being, Survivor Series in, in that year really, really mattered. And Survivor Series this year, in the year of World War 2021, really does not matter. <laughs> and, and something that they've driven um, uh, numerous times because we don't have any attractions between NXT and Raw superstars, almost at all, aside from a few comments that Roman made about Raw on uh, on SmackDown. Um and all everything has been done online. We found out the rosters online on Twitter. We found out the matches on Twitter. It's they they're putting zero TV time dedicated to this pay per view. Which again, it's like if you don't care, then why should I? And the reason why I care is because well, I already got tickets for the show. 
uh, because I'm an idiot. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I really, you. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a good show, but like, I am, I am, uh, I am uh, genuinely upset at the moment. You're, yeah, you're going to enjoy it because you're there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to enjoy it because you're there. Yeah, man. I honestly, I'm not really, I don't, I mean, I don't care. Like you say, like if, if you tell me that you're not going to put in no effort into it, best believe I am under no obligation to then care about what you're about to put out. So I think um, to me, it's just like, okay, well, I'm just going to look at what y'all do on TV and then go from there, I guess. Um, and that's about all I can, that's about all I can say. I mean, some of the stuff they're doing is kind of weird. Um, adding Bobby Lashley to the Survivor Series deal is, is cool um, in a way, but like, I don't know, you know, they kind of, I, again, hey, I'm a little nitpicky. Okay, why all of a sudden, why does, why does the 50-something-year-old piece of trash, nothing happening, unsafe wrestler get to go to Saudi Arabia, win a match, and then doesn't have to be there no more for weeks or maybe months at a time? And the guy who was your reigning champion for the better part of the year then has to come back. He's like, I want to be meaner and better now. That man, that old 50-something-year-old white man beat up three niggas. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, and, and now I'm, oh, I'm supposed to take him serious? Fuck out of here. So that's number one. Um, so I don't really care. I mean, I kind of care about Xavier Woods versus Roman Reigns because of Xavier Woods and how good he is. And actually he's making the, the crown thing seem kind of cool. I hope they really get mileage out of that. It would be nice if he didn't have to like eat a loss tomorrow. Now I'm not saying he should win. He is going to lose, but you can get mileage out of that. You can maybe do a smash and build up to a match for the title. and and then put it in that regard because Xavier's doing really cool stuff right now. He's calling. He's like, listen, this is actually my kingdom and you are a usurper. Like, and then he's like, okay, Roman sucks, which we, uh, a thinking person can get behind. And then he even said survivor series. What, what's the point? <laughs> he was like, what are we doing this for? Which then goes, yeah, we're not, there are no stakes in it, but, but the stakes are, Let's find a way to devalue Raw every year. So that I think that tradition continues in the in the litany of Survivor Series. The one thing I will say that there's a lot of threats to what you said that I want to kind of uh, comment on. One thing uh, I will say is they have done actually a decent job on like just day to day, like on uh, their television building feuds or whatnot. We'll get into it. But yeah, one of them being uh, Roman versus uh, Xavier Woods. Um, the other thing I want to mention is the, the one. Good thing. I don't know if it's a good thing that on the behalf of WWE or if it's just a lack of planning on their part. Um, but we have been seeing like lack of punishment, so to speak. So, for example, we have this news, of course, uh, found out this week that Xavier Woods is kind of uh, not shutting down, but pausing up, up, down, down to renegotiate the contract. But he's still getting pushed on SmackDown, which is nice. And it continues the theme again. I, you know, we talked about Keith Lee with Daniel Bryan, you know, when they, as he was on his way out. Uh, they say, hey, you can make them at WrestleMania. You man, well, you know, you've given us enough. We'll we'll use you because you're a valuable talent, and we'll but we'll use you to go put on some great matches. And then we're not just gonna have you quote unquote buried. Um, uh, you know, Adam Cole kept on using him while he was on his way out. They had him work with Pat McAfee, a guy who might have the most cash of anybody currently appearing on WWE TV as far as pop culture goes. Um. So they have been doing so, at least on that side. That's just was something I want to remark on. And now they're giving a very interesting storyline to Kevin Owens, who may or may not be on the way out, and actually kind of using that uh, to make to make me interested in the storyline. So I think the the week to weeks, there's some good stuff happening on a week to week basis. 
um, on both programs. Um, but yeah, as far as Survivor Series, uh, to continue shitting on the company, there was a segment on Raw that I swear to God, it was just blew my mind of how bad it was. It was the, the, inside the women's locker room where every woman, they actually had like legit case. Yeah, I saw that. Why they yeah. shouldn't have it. Yeah. Like, uh, like the, um, uh, Nikki Ash said, hey, well, I'm also a tag team champion. Why am I not part of the team? Why am I, am I not yeah. part of the Contendership. Dewdrop was like, "Hey, Bianca, you just lost. Why are you in this?" And I'm not. I'm. Been, I've been pretty dominant. And <laughs> everything's. Just, and then Ad, uh, Adam Pierce was just like, "Well, we already made this decision, so and that's final." And that's it. We never got an explanation for it. We never. It's like, what was the point of the segment? Like, it was, the it point was... of the segment is like, "Hey, this booking doesn't really make sense." It's like, I, it sure doesn't, I suppose. But anyways, <laughs> this yeah. match is up next. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. Woo! Oh, it, it made it was the, the wildest shit I've seen. Like I, it, it was, like, it, it was, it was such that it made. It, again, I'm gonna be honest because I remember watching that and being like, "Okay, y'all just slapping us." Like I was <laughs> like, "Y'all just, y'all just, y'all, y'all are literally saying to us, you're gonna ask us this question on Twitter, and you're wrong for that. Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's what it was. I was like, "All right, okay, I see what you're doing," and uh, we're not explaining anything. Stop asking this logical question. You're stupid, and continue watching the show. And honestly, it like it deflated me a bit. I fell asleep. I fell asleep during the main event. I was like, I'm tired. Y'all tell me that none of this matters. So okay. The, it, I think I watched like, it back. They're almost saying like, don't, don't worry about it. Like, hey, don't worry about this. You, you get a Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch. Aren't you happy? Hey, yeah. we, we, you want to push Liv Morgan? Okay. I'm like, I guess that's yeah. what we wanted. Why can't we have both? Why can't? Yeah, why have, can't? Yeah. Why can't we have both? Why are you asking for so much? You should be happy <laughs> with whatever we give you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's hilarious. That is so funny because it's but, true. Yeah, it's true, man. So that's where we are. Again, it's uh, so I think overall, Raw and SmackDown, there's there's enjoyable. They've been enjoyable, but the the Survivor Series is something I'm not excited for, which is a shame because Survivor Series uh can be good can be a lot of fun and 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 has been for a long tradition again has been one of like the best breakout pay-per-views i mean you know the the keith lee should have been breakout was there roman raids breakout happened there rock debut undertaker debut um randy orton uh breakout performances like well there's a lot of stuff that that cool stuff that has happened to every series in the past and it's just uh it's a shame to see it kind of uh not care about at least this. well yeah it's yeah. it's it- it's been a pay-per-view has been reported. It's been a pay-per-view that Vince has flirted with getting rid of numerous times. So he, he so he, again, of the big four, it is the fourth and Vince will show you that. I mean, there was, what was this? What was the survivor series where like, it was like team angle versus triple H's team. And it was just the worst shit that I had. It was, it was, I, think this I, think was doing it was, time I wasn't watching. So I wouldn't know. No, you were watching. This was 2017. I think. And it was, it was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah, yeah. I it think was it was just, yeah. it was the drizzling shits to this day. Um, because I never, I never watched December to Dismember. I didn't watch that one. I knew I had, I had a bad feeling about it. So to this day, that's the worst pay per view I've ever seen in my entire life. To this, this was when, uh, that's right. They, they had, they had to bring, yeah. bring back. So it was Triple H, Shane McMahon, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it the is. one cool thing in that match. I remember this. I think the one cool thing was, wasn't that the Shane McMahon? Uh, uh, spear spot. I mean, it, yeah, but that, that wasn't. I mean, people think that was cool, but the whole thing was terrible. It, it was awful. <laughs> it was. It, the, was, bad it was It was bad. Yeah. Galore. They buried everybody for Triple H. Yeah. 
for Triple Anti, H once yeah, again. Once again. Because <laughs> yeah, at that time, the 40, we got to make sure the 40-year-old kid is hot, over, bro. We got to make sure he's he's hot. <laughs> that thing sucked. So again, it, I'm not surprised. At, at this point, Survivor Series can only exceed expectations. I don't think it can. It can't. It's in hell in my mind. So it can only go up from here. So I think that's a silver lining that I could choose to 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 lie to myself about, maybe. No, listen, uh, lying to yourself is a big part of being a wrestling fan. So yeah, um, it? <laughs> listen, I like I said, I have the tickets. I will find a way to be excited. The matchups look cool. And, and for what's worth, here's here's one. The, uh, the best build they've done so far is like with the uh, through rumors and the rumor mill. Uh, and you know, supposedly Charlotte and Becky have like real life heat, and you know, there's a little bit, of, a little bit of trash talk on on both of their be on, on especially on on Becky's side on uh, some podcasts. So that I'm excited for that match. I think that's pretty much has been the best build for this match for this uh, entire pay per view so far. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. let's let's talk about some good stuff. Um. Let's talk about New Japan a, a little bit, really briefly. Um, I just, just want to acknowledge in the head uh, the Power Struggle pay-per-view, uh, or not the pay-per-view, an event. Um, and I just thought it was some really, really cool stuff that happened. Um, just some really good matches. Um, Shingo Takagi is just, I mean, ring work-wise, there's nobody matching that man. Um, yeah. I'm already starting to think about, you know, the best, uh, the end of the year list and, um, as far as like who's the best in ring worker, Shingo is unmatched. I'm trying to figure out what does that mean as far as like overall body of work, but as far as in ring, Shingo is untouchable. Man, you can make a list of top ten best matches with Shingo Takagi and the top ten best matches uh, this year without Shingo Takagi, and I'm not sure which list would be better. That's how good this yeah. man has been this year. Yeah, he's had a banger year. He he deserves all of this. You know, not much to say. Uh, more to say about that. I mean, honestly, he's kind of like he he's carried the title through New Japan's hardest period, their darkest uh, time. No, I wouldn't say that. It was probably like when Anoki was bringing in MMA guys to like wrestle. But during the global pandemic, he's really he's really led the ship and he's led it well, putting on amazing performances. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Kenta. Uh, you know, he defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi to become. IWGP United States champion, a title that he has been gunning for for some time. It's cool to see him pick up the, the win. Um, it was cool to actually see him finally get over the Tanahashi hump. <laughs> you know, like Tana kind of like, you know, had his number in that regard. And I think for everything that uh, Kenta has been through, I mean, people don't, rem- you know, one, the pro wrestling Noah style is very stiff as is the new japan style not nearly as much anymore depending on who's working um but you know he came over here to the states and just a string of bad luck uh with injuries and they didn't really know what to do with him after a point so you know his stock did drop considerably and he came back and it was quite obvious he was a bit banged up i mean watch young kenta he is amazing kenta now is still excellent but young Kenta was absolutely amazing. And, you know, uh, he didn't waste his youth, but you can't go like that forever. So this seeing him pick this up in a very good match, I thought was really cool. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I thought that you know the candidate we got in NXT was unfortunately the worst version of him. Not to know enough of his own, like you said, he just got banged up as soon as he was ready for his push. They get some good matches between him and Finn Balor. I think him and yeah. Pac. I want to I mean, say him and that? him and uh, Bobby Roode had a good NXT that title. That was when he came back. That was yeah. his one big push when he actually came back. They actually put on a pretty good, you know, kind of maybe a slower match, not really a Kenta style match, but this was like him kind of learning to work this new style, which is working now. I think he's yeah. he is working a little bit slower. He's not working as stiff, which is good. I mean, the, he's uh, close to forty, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, he's about forty. Uh, yeah. way over forty. Um, yeah. and he's still flying through tables and yep. just doing incredible shit, man. Tanahashi is a fucking goat. He's, he's um, the man. Bro, he's the man. Like Tana, dude, Tana, whew, Tana. How, in New Japan, how do you exceed Keiji Muto? You could only do that by being Hiroshi Tanahashi, in my opinion. And, and Muto's one of my favorite ever. So yeah, yeah. No, you are you're a big big Muto mark. I know that. Um, so yeah, that that's that's a, a huge compliment. Again, Tanahashi maybe like legit maybe the greatest ever. So uh, just yes. pay respect. Yeah. Uh, and yep. the other guy who we have talked about as far as greatest ever in New Japan and in all time, to be honest, is uh, Okada, who, again, yeah. just keeps having another banger. Um, I think him and Tamatanga. Tamatanga is a, a younger guy. Um, and uh, I think just that he had probably the best match of his career. I think he had a really good G1. Um, again, we haven't we didn't talk about him just because the G1 is so loaded. He's just not that high on the tone pole. But, I mean, he looks good. He's very athletic. Uh, you know, is is doing a good job. Really good bombs. I I, I sent you the link. I thought that his but the bomb that he took from a missile drop kick that might be my favorite missile drop kick ever. And that's yeah. compliments to both the person yes. doing it and the person selling it. Um, <coughs> in that match. Yeah, but- I mean, yeah, Okada continues to just be Okada, which is cool. And again, you know, uh, I love Tomatonga. I'm a big fan of his. So to see him sort because historically he doesn't care about the G1. But he said it publicly. He's done their press conferences, and he said historically, "I don't care. I don't think that's the case anymore." Um, but yeah, the match that him and you know uh, that he that he put on with Okada was like tremendous. Yeah, just again, just a, just a, a very strong event. Really, three good back to back to back matches. Um, if you guys have uh, have a chance, I suggest again checking it out and going out of your way, especially for the this Axebi Junior Shingo Takagi match again. Um, just some of the most just flawless transitions. I mean, Shingo is so good, man. He's so dynamic, but he's also so technically sound. Yeah. Um, and he's and both of them just sell so well. Especially, I mean, Shingo is. I mean, and let's not say again. Zack Zabel Jr. is on a, on a, maybe the best technician in the world. Period. But Shingo is just so well rounded, and and you get to see that in, in this match, man. I mean, it's half an hour, and it's it is long. I'm not gonna say it's it's it it. it it flies by because it doesn't because you can kind of feel all the punishments and all the submissions that they take on throughout the match. But it's just it's it's a lot of fun, man. Highly recommend watching this match. Definitely. Definitely. Oh. And from there, I think we got to I mean, the big one for the week, we have full gear. That's full right. We do have a quick review that a company actually, you know, really, really does care about. Um, yeah. So, again, I am. Uh, what is your level of excitement, sir, for full gear? I'm very excited for Full Gear because Full Gear, it, the AEW does a pretty good job of not only closing stories, but like opening new ones. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very excited. I'm very excited to see. I mean, the card is, is stacked and they, they again, their tournaments matter. Um, so we have a big tournament that is going to meet its conclusion, the finals of the AEW World Championship match, but also, or championship tournament rather, um, but also, 
they have they with one feud they managed to heighten the excitement more than it already was and that feud has been going on for two weeks but two weeks to us but they've told the story so beautifully so quickly and that's you know cm punk versus eddie kingston all of a sudden made this thing even more relevant which is impressive because they invested a lot of time into full gear I was going to say, that's kind of the one thing, right? And and even uh, when we had recorded two weeks ago, I said this was kind of a, I have was a mixed Mexican time. I thought this was a real mishmash of like some stories that were just getting started. And like, oh, I don't know why we just, you know, you had all this time. You have like, you know, two months between more than two months between pay-per-views. You can kind of use the, the, the time a lot to get better. Uh, I thought they did a really good job, especially on uh, this week's Dynamite. I thought this week's uh, Rampage did a really good job of kind of driving every story forward. And I, they have got my excitement level up to the point where there's not really too much you can find in this show that hasn't had a good build to it. Um, yeah. So let's start. I don't think we there's no need to cover the pre-show. It's a it's kind of a, it's a tag team match with, with four very talented uh uh, uh, participants in the wrestlers in it, uh, Hikuru Shida, Thunder Rosa, Jamie Hayter, and Nyla Rose, but it's a pre-show match. I mean, it can go either way. I don't think there's going to be too much ramifications on there. So, without further ado, it's time from the bottom. The first match we'll talk about is uh, Pac and Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black and then Andrade El Idolo. Um, as far as the feud and the build, I, I think it's been done well. I like that, you know, um, it's a little bit hard to see kind of how all four of them inter- interact and how they all intersect. I almost kind of wish, you know, we all get on WWE's case for like, can they coexist, you know, storyline. I almost kind of wish we had more of that because I don't think uh, Pac and Cody Rhodes said one word to each other throughout this. Uh, it's this a very simple. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's yeah, but that's kind of what it seems like with all four of them. So it's a little bit of a mismatch. I wish they maybe, like I said, give them a little bit more for both teams, give them a little more camera time together see, so we can see how they coexist because they all have four very distinct personalities. And I think that could have been yes. could have, some fun could have been had with that. Uh, that being yeah. said, all four of them can go. All four of them are very talented. Um, I think Malachi Black and Andrade Lilo take it though. I think they do as well. And I think that they should. I still yeah. do feel as though like had Cody not won, had Cody not won the last match against Malachi, I would be like, well, Pac and Cody should get this one. I really don't think Cody needed that win. Um, quite frankly, I don't think it hurts Malachi because he's just so cool. But, you know, yeah, had had, had their trilogy ended differently, I, I would have been like, okay, well, then it's going to be Pac, Cody. But, uh, no, nah, it should be it should be Andrade and Malachi. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, I it, it just makes the most sense. And again, it doesn't really. Um, we both, but Andrade, Elon, Malachi. I just think there is a there are a little newer additions. They're still kind of finding their exact place. We both know they're cool. We both know they can put on good matches. Um, but as far as like the exact directions and kind of where they belong in the in the entire division, so um, I think they can just benefit from a win a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, the next we have. Christian Cage and Jurassic Express against Superclick, Adam Cole, and the Young Bucks in the Falls Count Anywhere match. As far as matches I'm excited for, this probably is at the very bottom of it. And I just want some, you know, uh, I know you hate the Superclick. I don't have the hatred that you have for them. It's more so we've seen this match time and time again. Falls Count Anywhere doesn't really do much for me because they're already, like, all the Superclick matches already kind of lack the rules anyway. And there's so much action happening outside. 
that like okay so how is this is not gonna be that much different i don't think than um than the rest of the matches they've had that being said again the talent level is excellent um they always get the crowd empty but if it's not you know you're not <laughs> not necessarily into what they do uh i think it's gonna be a good piece of action they just did one i'm not particularly excited for yeah it's it's gonna the crowd's gonna be really into it <clears throat> And I really hope that Jurassic Express wins. <laughs> That's all oh, I they need it. They, they absolutely need a win, actually. Yeah. yeah. So it's like they need that. Um, and hopefully it goes in that direction for their sake, uh, because they are, comparatively speaking, homegrown talent. Uh, but again, and it's going to be cool. Also, I'll just say it's just cool to see Christian in there with young dudes looking like a young dude. So I'm just I'm all for that as well. Uh, so absolutely. that's that's going to be cool. Absolutely no. They need a win, and I think right now it's it's interesting to see where they go with it. I do think there may be a story of like some dissension with a uh, you know SuperClick, and we might be going towards the undisputed error against SuperClick in AEW. Um, it's a little bit too quickly for some. I I'm okay with it, man. It's it's everybody. Everybody wants to see. It's what everybody has been on everybody's mind. No need to drag. You don't need to drag everything out. They just get it, you know. And this is this could be the way to get it started. Uh, the next match on the card. Is the one that we, you you referenced earlier. We got CM Punk going up against Eddie Kingston. Man, when I tell you that this damn Eddie Kingston is special, <laughs> when I tell you that this man is special, that man could read the phone book and make it appealing. Um, the, it was so simple. It was so simple how this thing started, and they have they have maximized their minutes and they've made it so incredibly personal. I like that. Basically, like. Eddie Kingston is CM Punk in 2011. You know what I'm saying? And he's all, and again, you know, he's like, look, here's this dude that you are. Here's this dude that you are. You're self-interested, narcissistic, such. Now he's not lying. And Punk will even admit, yeah, I'm that dude sometimes. Like, so there's a hint of truth to it. He's like, I understand people can change, but I'm going to beat you up. And then I will allow you to change. Um, and, and, And Kingston's motivations are pure. This is actually my house. You know, and it was funny. It was so funny because when they cut their initial promos on each other and Eddie walked up to him and he was and Eddie, and Eddie said, no one wants you here. No one has ever wanted you here. No is, <laughs> and it was crazy because the fans were like, wait, do we want CM Punk here? Like, it was like Eddie is that believable and that beloved that, you know, it's like, boom. So it's it's going to make for such an interesting match. It's the perfect match for Punk um, because those two you know, the psychology of the match, I expect to be excellent. And they have a number of ways that they can go with it. No, I'm very sad for this, man. I'm, I'm again, for something that kind of came out of a, 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 a backstage minutia and even like their promo was real with like, oh, you know, you never, you didn't like me 18 years ago. Like that, if it wasn't them two, this would have flopped horribly. But because these two are so good on the mic and so good at telling a story, um, I'm very excited to see it. And here's another thing. If the they, AEW should definitely use this as an opportunity to either turn Punk or at the very least change his character a little bit. Because, man, I, would, yeah. I was just – I was starting to get tired of the happy-go-lucky Punk who cuts, yeah. hey, I'm happy to be here promos. That was yeah. cool for the first month. I was starting to get tired of it. Now is the, this is the Punk that I kind of want to see. The Punk that, hey, oh, nobody so- wants you here. You know, you were the diva. You are the guy backstage who's getting paid the most money. You are the guy yeah. with the most – you know – and, and and him going, yeah, because I've achieved greatness. And I expect yeah. to do the same from you. Like the guy yeah. who's not necessarily evil, but just the guy who's – who CM Punk is, a standoffish guy yeah. who thinks he's better yeah. than everybody else. Yeah. I would – I don't know that I would turn Punk heel only because 
I've seen it happen, but we've seen it happen before with super over talent and it takes too much work to get him there. And I use Stone Cold Steve Austin as a prime example. When they turned him, he was as hot as he had ever been. And, and Austin said he felt he needed to be fresh. Then they spent, and then he had to waste the, the rest of the year trying to be a heel. Now it, it, he, it, he would get booed, but it just took him too long to get there. You know, it just took too long to get there. It took too long to get to that point. And by the time that he turned back to babyface, it had lost a bit of his luster, still over as fuck, but just not, you were, you were on you De- you DEFCON 1 million. Now you're at 990,000. So I don't know if I go that, I don't know if I turn him because he's still too beloved. And AEW operates a lot out of the Midwest in Chicago. But to your point, and I think that you're right about, I, I said you guys need to embrace this white man being happy because that's not a thing that a lot of y'all do well. But uh, yeah, like let punk get back to being I'm a like I'm a bit of a dick, best in the world type of character. Because in that regard, it's like yeah, I already beat Darby Allen. I already beat a lot of your guys. Like so, play up that fact. So I think happy to be here. CM Punk goes away because of Eddie Kingston. So, yeah. And and, and th- just another reason to love Eddie Kingston. Right. Which, oh, another thing outside of the ring, we have to mention this. Um, check out if you haven't uh, check out his uh, his uh, player tribune column. It is it's a great read, and like I said, man, I as somebody who did not like Eddie Kingston that much, I saw him uh, on Indies, I saw him in NWA on Power before. I thought he was a good talker and nothing else. I was wrong. I was completely wrong about him. I do not. This guy's a special talent, and I do not see how you cannot root for him. Uh, very much looking forward to what they can do together with CM Punk. Uh, next up, we have Darby Allen versus MJF for the first time. Two young talents, two of our AEW pillars going at it. Uh, Satoru, who do you have winning and why? I think it goes to MJF. Uh, given that of their four pillars, the four their four version of the four horsemen, he's the only heel. Um, and they've done a pretty good job at sort of protecting his character. Uh, it's much easier for a heel or for a baby face like Darby to get screwed than it is for an MJF to lose clean. So uh, I, I think MJF takes this one and I think it'll be, a, I think it'll be a very, very good match. And I think it'll be a match where hopefully MJF starts to put it all together a little bit more in the ring because he is very talented, but I think he'll just put it together a little bit more because this is the, one of the few times that he's actually bigger than the guy he's fighting. That's true, and uh, I think it, it is interesting. They both lost to uh, to legends in in their last uh, pay per view. Um, obviously, you know, Darby lost to uh, CM Punk, and then uh, MJF lost to Chris Jericho in their last match. So it's going to be interesting to see which one, because I think they both. You can argue they both kind of need quote need a win. You can both argue that they both the characters are so strong and they have so much heat or so over in Darby case that neither one is really hurt by it. I think this feud continues. I think ultimately Darby Allen wins this feud, but I think MGF wins this uh, match. Yes, definitely. 100%. Next up, we have Lucha uh, Brothers uh, defending their AEW World Tag Team Champions against FTR, um, the best luchadors in the uh, the world of all time. Um, I think the the build has been cool. Uh, You know, it's tough. They don't do FTR doesn't need to do comedy, man. I understand that they can, but they don't need to. It's not their strength. Uh, putting them in masks and doing that stuff, I, I get it again. We talked about it when it happened. It's a reference to the past, they just unnecessary. Um, just let them do what they do. 
you know, yeah. they're, they're letting them be their old school ass kickers that they are. Um, I do like the, you know, the best luchadors in the world. That's kind of a cool way to get heat. Uh, and I'm sure they'll get even more with once they do go uh, to Mexico to defend the Triple A titles. Uh, but for now, I I think the match is going to be incredible. So I'm still oh, yeah, looking totally. forward to this. They're totally. two of the best teams in the world. Um, yeah. I have Lucha Bros defending. This is their first kind of big title defense. I don't think they'll lose just yet. No, they're not going to lose, and nor should they. But the match is going to be incredible. Uh, it's going to have – I mean, FTR, FTR, in my opinion, is the best team in the world, maybe outside of the Briscoes uh, in terms of straight-up tag team wrestling. So I cannot wait to see this, and it'll be a lot of fun. Yep. Um, next up, we have the match. Me personally, uh, I'm the second probably least excited about. Uh, we have the inner circle against the men of the year. Uh, so tell me how you feel about this match. I'm, are you with me or are you more excited for it than I am? I'm I'm excited for men of the year. <laughs> That's kind of it. I'm excited for Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky because those two are very, very talented. I, lo- I love their whole shtick. And American Top Team has helped put more heat on them, which I am a fan of. And um, I and I won't uh, look a gift horse in the mouth of, of Chris Jericho working with these guys. I think that's cool as well. And I think men of the year should win. And 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 that is it. I want men of the year to win uh, the inner circle is I mean, again, the coolest part of the inner circle is Santana and Ortiz. Let's just be honest. They're the best workers in the inner circle. They're the most, you know, like complete packages at this juncture in the game. But uh, I do definitely want to see men of the year and American top team take this one. Yeah, I just I, I think me and you are on the same page on this one, man. In a circle, they're cool as heels. I don't care for them as baby faces at all. Um, they're not. They're just not likable. Even Satan Ortiz are cool. Um, they can they can get over as cool baby faces, but I think they're much more natural heels. Um, so I just do not care for them. And they look ridiculous when they're dressing together. Like, you know, what I mean, like even if you wear something cool. When you were Santana and Ortiz, when you were like 30-something, 20-something from, from the Bronx, and you were matching, you were wearing the same exact thing with with some, you know, 50-year-old Republican is wearing. It's like, dude, why are you matching with him, bro? Yeah. Like, take that yeah, off, man. You, you don't look yeah. – like, you look worse. Your fit looks worse just by association. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I I don't know. I, but, yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I hope Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky will pick up a win. I do not expect it because they were the ones standing tall uh, to, yeah. on uh, on uh, Dynamite last night, which probably means that they in the circle will pick up, pick up the W. Yeah, it's a good chance of that. Uh, next up, we have the world title, uh, the world championship eliminator uh, final with uh, Brian Danielson against Miro. Um a very, uh, I'm looking forward to this match. I think, like I said, this was supposed to be John Moxley's spot. Uh, I think Miro is a great fill-in, and I think we will see the best match that these two have had with one another so far. They had a really good match with SmackDown match. I do a few years back. I have recommended guys checking it out, but um, I have no uh, no doubt that this one will surpass it. So, Toyo, who do you have uh, taking this match? Miro, I am putting the bank. On the Redeemer, it makes the most sense to me and my brain. Miro is so good, you, you damn near forget Rusev. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I think I think that putting Miro in that spot is an excellent, excellent choice. Uh, having him win is an excellent choice. Having him face uh, whoever is the AEW World Champion makes the most sense because his his whole purpose is to you know you know collect golds for his flexible wife and his vengeful God. 
So, and, um, and I think it's a good story that you can run it back. You know what I'm saying? Danielson has Danielson even said, he's like, Oh, I, Hey man, it's the first time in 12 years. I haven't been given a script to like to do promos. So he's getting, he's getting his footing, putting on amazing, amazing matches. I have no doubt that this one will also be amazing. Uh, I, I know Danielson's probably salivating at the idea of fighting Miro, which is concerning because that means he's going to want to do something fucking crazy uh, because, you know, Danielson's just that type of dude uh, and Miro will oblige him. So but I but I think it's Miro on this one. What about yourself, Mike? I'm very excited to see both of these men work stiff. Uh, I think that's just going to be brutal and, and maybe a little tough to watch knowing what we know about uh, yeah. about Brian Danielson. But, uh, yeah, of course, I'm extremely excited to see this match. But, and I 100% agree with you. I think, um, I think it's pretty cool. Again, you cannot have Nero, somebody who has been this dominant, uh, lose a match. I thought, again, I thought uh, him him and Orange Cassidy was a little bit too long. I thought it should be more of a squash, especially given that Orange Cassidy was injured. Uh, I think he kind of actually needs this win almost. Otherwise, it's kind of like, well, you know, the whole monster that you build was kind of for naught. And on the other side, Daniel Bryan, he doesn't really need to win this one. He has an excuse built in. He's been wrestling so much. They're like, okay, you know, you call me on this one, right? Because he started off, I think he's 8-0 and 0, 8, uh, and 0 after his uh, draw with Kenny Omega. So if he loses one, you know, his first match in 10, after taking you know, a high competition, putting on great matches, and just having, like I said, like a match with no breaks, right? He wrestled on the Rampage, he wrestled on Dynamite. You get called once in a while, and you get called by a goddamn monster, too. Yep. So it's not just like, oh, it's, you know, a guy who's good. No, this guy's one of the most dominant, if not the most yeah. dominant guy in the locker room. Yeah, easy. Easy. So I got Miro taking it, and I think uh, I think he he'll be a great uh, great first challenger for the title. Um, whenever that the, is to be, well, whenever that is to be, wherever it is yeah. to be, absolutely. Uh, next up, we have another match. I'm not maybe the the last of the three matches I'm not particularly excited on this card. We have Doctor Britt Baker, DMD versus Take Conti. Um, sometimes you just gotta you know one thing AEW has done really well is give the people what they want. And clearly, the what people want is Britt Baker against Thunder Rosa, as you heard by the reaction on uh, on Dynamite last night. I do not know why we're doing this. Take Take Conti is she's good. She has made improvements. She's not. I I just and, and again, I've been proven wrong. I just I don't see this being a compelling match. Nor has the build been particularly good either. I think this is more for this is more Ty Conti's big moment. To be perfectly honest with you. Now, at the core, here's the truth. Ty Conti, they, they need someone to tap. So it has to be Ty Conti this time, right? That's the reality of it. I also understand why they're not giving us Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker, because if they give it to us now, the Thunder Rosa is going to lose. That's not what anyone wants. Um, that's not what anyone wants, <laughs> like literally. So so you extend it. You know, you you drag it out. You create another title. So that it gives some, it gives this person who's who's wildly over and one of the better female workers in the world. You give her something to do since she can't have Brit right away. So I think that's what it is. I think it so long. I think this will be a solid enough match. I'm hoping Ty's made great improvements, and I hope it shows in the match. And you know, Britt Baker's going to put her fingers in her mouth and she's going to tap out. So <laughs> there you go. I think when you both agree on the outcome, um, yeah, I just hope yeah. it's a good match. I mean, that's and that's the, yeah. the only one. I'm like, I really hope this is the one. I believe the one. Uh, uh, if you match on the main card, then you really don't want to be the one that's also like has the lowest work rate. You know, what I mean, so for their sake, I I hope they do deliver, and I hope they over deliver, which they have again in the past. That they were Britt Baker and, and Chris Tallander. I was not excited for that one either, um, and I thought they put on a really surprisingly good match. So maybe they'll do it again. 
Yep. And now your main event, uh, the culmination of a story uh, told maybe over two years, maybe the culmination. Well, don't know. Uh, but we have Kenny Omega, uh, the champion, uh, defending his AEW World Championship against Hangman Adam Page. Satoyo, tell me what you think about the build and tell me what you think about the winner of this match. I think the build has been very, very good. It, it the, 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 the length is a lot of old school pro wrestling. So I appreciate that. Um, it should be Adam Page. However, they have done a good enough job of sowing doubt that I don't want to put the house on it, number one. Number two, they thought to conclude the story earlier and then bet again and then decided against it. Now, ultimately, I think that was the right decision. I think Kenny's deal with Christian was very good and very necessary for both parties. And it showed, and again, it was actually kind of perfect for both of them. So I think it was like they needed that moment to happen. Uh, and you needed Kenny's reign to have more time so that it, it, when he did lose it, it was more of an impactful situation. Um, and also it had to deal with Hangman, this guy who, like, you're the you're the franchise purported franchise of the company. How do you deal with all that insecurity and doubt? You know, the last franchise guy of a company I saw was Sting and he didn't have that. He was a very self-assured young guy. Hangman's not that guy, but he's grown into that guy and they've woven in the dark order and and, you know, that type of friendship and everything. But they've done a good enough job of sowing enough doubt that I'm just like. Hangman should win, but I don't know because I've never seen him win the big one, and I don't know what that looks like. So, yeah, I think that's the story. That's the story. I think that he does win. I think I think we get a good old-fashioned attitude era. A bunch of run, uh, ref is down. Super click runs in. Dark order runs in. Chases them out. He's, you know, finally the yeah. friendship that pays off. He's got proof that, you know, the, the, the people around him who care, who can uphold him and who expect nothing of him, unlike the clique who, you know, were, man, or were manipulative bastards that they were this entire time. I think everybody goes home happy. I think this is his time to win. I do think, look, you, you carry out the story long enough, man. It's a two-year-old story. You don't need, you really just don't need to carry it uh, further than it is. And ultimately, like I said, I keep or, saying or you need the best thing about yeah. AEW, the thing that separates AEW the most from WWE is that they give you the fans what they want. Give people what they want. Make Hangman your champion. Yeah. Justify people paying money to see your stuff. Because when you don't give people what they want, then they don't want to pay for it. After because, a while, they don't. And, and guess yeah, what? If you, even if you believe, and maybe rightfully so, because Hangman would be the first like white knee babyface of the company. Mm -hmm. I mean, Moxley was a babyface champ in name, but he was badass. He was a badass babyface, like ass right. kicker, stone cold type babyface. And Hangman like, is not like, quite there. He's not quite the same. No. He's more about yeah. Even with the story being told, it's more about believing yourself. Yeah. It's more about these ideals. Yeah. Even though you know he's also got some badassery, some cowboy in him, if you will. Um, yeah. So. I, I do think it was somebody like that, you there was you know the idea that the chase is the is the money part. The chase is better than the cash. Um yes. but you can tell that story with Miro. I mean you have yes, the number one contender who is absolutely ready to, you know, hey, I won the title. Two weeks later, Miro beats him for the title and now exactly. chase that. Well, I would I I would I would I would again in a perfect world, I would have 
Hangman win, and then three months later, Miro's your champion. Because for a white meat babyface like that, the chase is often more the money thing. Uh, but I, 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 but if Hangman does win, I do reckon they want to get some time out of him. But I don't think he would have a run like Omega or or even like Moxley that closed in on a year. You know, I don't think it would be anything like that because you're a white meat babyface. And when you're white meat over babyface, that's when the monsters come out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Sting beat Luger for the title. Then four months later, there's Big Van Vader. <laughs> like just and then and that's just how it goes, you know. Old school. Listen, all, b- b- back when I just started watching NXT, they're the, still my favorite time, probably in the wrestling fan. Um, you know, Sami Zayn beats uh Neville, the the long way James, the champ for two months. Next pay per view, Kevin Owens destroys him, murders him, ends his life. <laughs> like, yeah, literally, just power bombs him into oblivion. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was it was amazing, actually. Yeah, it was money. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, and that, and that's how you do it, man. So that's you know you, you can you, again the AW like I said one give fans what they want two there are such students of the game they know this we're not giving them anything they don't know I mean this is Jesus Christ this is Dusty Rhodes' son's yeah. company I mean how I many Dusty Rhodes had I think he ever had like a lengthy title run I think every time it was chase chase no, chase no he chase. never yeah d- d- Boom, d- something d- happens always. lose it next day you know Dusty would win the title like I remember Dusty I think probably the only title loss that he felt sore about was when he finally beat Harley Race and then he lost at the flare immediately. And then after that is every time he ever won the title, you knew that thing was not going to stay. That man, we won it during the great American bash tournament, lost that some bitch right back. So yeah, but it all, but it never diminished how over he was. You knew, but again, you knew you had to put the title on him. So the audience didn't lose faith in him, but you understood he did not need the title. Uh, hangman, he has to win so the audience doesn't lose faith in him and he does need the title at some point. That that last part will no longer be the case, but we're not there yet. That's right. I think this is our preview again. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I will not be watching it live because I have I have a thing to do, but as per usual, I will watch it uh, probably next day and then we will uh, give you our review the next week. Yes. Uh, Satoru, does that do we have anything else that uh we have I, missed? I just, I just, I just have my match of the week to cover, and that'll be it. Let's go, let's uh give the people what they want. Sir. Satoru, I've, I've, I've let in back. I've, I've talked a lot about old school stuff, and I've referenced thing a few times. So, we're gonna go back to January the 8th of 1994. It is edition of Saturday, WCW Saturday night. It will be Ravishing Rick Rude and Stunning Steve Austin. Uh, versus Flying Brian Pillman and Sting. Now, this happened, uh, this was right after Stunning Steve Austin had turned on Brian Pillman, and as a result, uh, uh, (laughs) disintegrated and destroyed the Hollywood Blondes. So this was a big thing. Uh, Ravishing Rick Rude, and at that time was uh, International World's Heavyweight Champion. Also, Sting was buying for that, for the World's Championship. This tag match is perfect. I think it is absolutely perfect. It's so good. I watched it with the sound off and it was still perfect. Everything they did in this thing was perfect. It had the right amount of tomfoolery and chicanery. And it's a lot of fucking fun. And also uh, the person who recorded this, I'll make sure that it's going to be in the description of this episode, the YouTube link. But the person who recorded this blessed this person so much because they had the commercials also on the thing. So I got to watch commercials from 1994 when I was eight years old. Um, which was uh, pretty cool in my in my mind anyway. 
I was, uh, I was, uh, uh, I am an immigrant, so I wasn't in the United States in 1994. So all these references were completely like uh, unfamiliar to me. I have no idea what a game genie is, and I never will. But I do have to ask before we go. <laughs> so, why were you watching it with the sound off? Uh, I was, I was working. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was working. I respect it. I was working. But the but the audience was ravenous. That the, everybody was over. Like I just saw again those types of rabid audiences where the audience is going stark, raving, insane, and you see them. And it was oh, it was so good. It was perfect. I hope was, you guys they, appreciate. They, it. There are little things they did. There are just little things they did. I want you to watch. It. There's little things they did that look so organic that just added to how cool the match was. I hope you guys appreciate the work we put in where we doing our working hours. We're still thinking of you and putting together Always. this, this rest, great wrestling Always. podcast. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Give Me the Book. Thank you all so much for being here. Enjoy the AEW food year. If you're coming with me to Survivor Series, I think we'll have a show before that. But uh, enjoy that. Whatever you watch wrestling, uh, please enjoy it. Enjoy your weekend. Have a great, great day. Peace.